Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. As always, we would like to thank W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Uh, good evening and welcome to Thorn and Cross Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we introduce tonight's guest, I'm going to turn it over to Tamara, who's going to tell you a little about our family gone wrong thriller, Mother. Take it away, Tamara. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's always the right time of year in the long, hot summer when you hate your relatives. So that's why we're telling you about this book. (laughs) In Mother, (laughs) in Mother, you'll meet Chrissy Martin. She's the diva of Morning Glory Circle, the overseer of garage sales and neighborhood Christmas decorations. No one escapes her watchful eye. No one, that is, except her son, who committed suicide, and her daughter, Claire, who hasn't spoken to her in a decade. But now Claire and her husband are expecting, and they're forced to move back. Chrissy is there to welcome them with open arms and to reclaim her broken family. Chrissy says she's mended her ways, but has she? Claire struggles to separate dim childhood memories of twisted abuse and perverted punishments from mother's new attitude. But the presence of her dead brother's toy soldiers all over the house, freeze-dried dogs, and her disabled stepfather's eyes following her as she silently watches from an upstairs window, he silently watches, begs the question, (laughs) who is the real monster in this family? I'm sorry, I just suddenly had an image of her father's eyes following her all over the house. The, the eyes are in the head following her. Okay. So now that we're clear on that. Okay. Mother and all of our books are available in ebook and paperback at Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Uh, uh, this is Thorne and Cross, Haunted Nights Live, and we're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. You can learn more about what we do at our website, alistaircross.com and tamarathorne.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thorningcross.wordpress.com or if you tweet, our handles are at CrossAllister and at Tamar Thorne. You can visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook and if you are on Instagram, you can find us at at thorningcross or my own Instagram account, which is at official underscore Alistair Cross. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Global Radio Network. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is our second show today and I okay, anyway. For more information on the yes. show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network LLC. <clears throat> All right. Tonight. <laughs> now that we're down to the good stuff. Okay. Tonight yes. we are joined by a man of many books. A man we love not only as an author and a show guest, but as a person. For 17 years, his thrillers landed. Before his for 17 years, before his thrillers landed him on the New York Times bestseller list, Kevin O'Brien made his living as a railroad inspector and did all his writing at night. His second novel, Only Son, was optioned for film rights thanks to interest from David Seltzer, author of The Omen, and Tom Hanks. 
It was also chosen by Reader's Digest for its select editions, along with John Grisham's The Partner. Uh, Kevin has been writing full-time ever since, but he hasn't forgotten his railroad <clears throat> ties. So, if on occasion you find a scene in a Kevin O'Brien thriller in which a dead body is discovered in a railroad yard, well, now you know why. All right. Uh, and, uh, Kevin, as tempted as I am to sing to you again, I'm not going to. But welcome oh, to damn. the show. <laughs> How are you? I was hoping How, for one more wobble. Oh, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> I am fine as frog's hair. Thank you very much for asking. That's a lovely right, expression. Right. Yeah. It is. It is. I, I heard, in fact, yeah. I heard it from a railroad inspector. <laughs> you, you'd imagine that. <laughs> what a shock. That, that came from a railroad inspector. I can't believe it. Wow. <laughs> Oh, it's great to be here. I love that introduction, and I love those eyes following, following <laughs> you around. <laughs> I just see this, these animated eyes like skipping along, like you know, like okay. Yeah, kind of 1940s cartoon style. Right? Yes, bouncing yeah. the follow the bouncing ball and the bouncing eyes. Yes. All right. Oh, and that Chrissy, she sounds like she's a piece of work. Yes, she is. Yeah. Was she named after Chrissy Snow on Three's Company? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, she, no, no, she's Prissy, like Priscilla. Oh, it's Prissy. It, okay. Yeah. Right. Shows you I haven't looked at the book yet. Okay. She, I'm, I'm, she hasn't my, yet. She, okay. I'm, I'm she, deep in yeah, trouble. She, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, you're, you're, you know, your nephew. We had a character who liked making funny names. Yeah, Ryan, and he had to be O'Brien because he's Ryan. So Ryan then he O'Brien. became your nephew. He's, he's actually crying, Ryan nephew. O'Brien. He, he is yeah. tonight, I'll tell you. Um, he he seems yeah. to be the third major player in this whole book, and he was just supposed to be one of the maids that was hired to replace the oh, one wow. he killed. <laughs> yeah, well, it's too, you know, it's typical okay. of an O'Brien just taking over. We just you know, like, give right. us an yeah, inch, we'll take a good. mile. He, he is, yeah. He's, he's supposed to be just cool a kid. small little part, and the hams that we are, we just take over. That's right. But we love him. He takes he's after fantastic. his own. We do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We, we, I love you guys yeah, right we back. Make references. Yeah, we make yeah. references where he wants to talk to his Uncle Kevin. I mean, you won't show up. Do, in, do you in really Seattle? tell yeah. me? No, you don't. Yeah. Oh, get out of here. I love it. Okay. Yeah. And my lawyers will be in touch with you very shortly. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. I don't think we ever said Kevin. Of writing, point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about we have to talk about the bad sister before we can. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. This is this is um, well. First of all, first of all, tell us a little bit about it. What you can. Yeah. Well, The Bad Sister is a sequel of sorts to my book from last summer, which was called The Betrayed Wife. And I can give you a quick, I hope quick, summary of The Betrayed Wife. And hopefully, if you haven't read it, that will intrigue you. And then you can read that one first, and then you can read The Bad Sister. But uh, yeah. I've heard from several people that said you could just read The Bad Sister by yourself without, uh, without reading the, uh, the first one. But it's always helpful to, to get the first, you know, the first book of, of a, a dual book thing. So um, it's uh, The Bad Sister is, like I say, a sequel to The Betrayed Wife. 
And uh, the trade wife is about Sheila O'Rourke, who lives in Seattle. She's got three kids and a, a husband who um, is a little bit unfaithful sometimes, uh, but otherwise he's a pretty good husband. <laughs> and, and one day, one day, this punk girl who's about 16 shows up at her door and says, "I'm uh, your husband's daughter from another woman, and my mother, my mother's dead, and um, she commits suicide, and." Uh, I have no place to stay. So after a paternity test, they take her in, and suddenly all sorts of awful things happen in the house, and to poor Sheila. And um, that's basically the the plot to The Betrayed Wife. And Uh in The Bad Sister... Eden, who is this girl, this punkette, <laughs> she, she and her uh, half-sister, um, Hannah, go off to college uh, in Chicago, a, a private Catholic university, and they've gotten a scholarship, and they, they don't really like each other very much, but they're forced to live together in a small bungalow right beside a garden that used to be the site of a bungalow where three co-eds were slain. And um, that was part of the Immaculate Conception murders that happened on the campus 50 years ago, and it's the anniversary. And suddenly, you can guess what's going to happen. There's a copycat killer <laughs> on the list. So uh, that's about as much as I can tell you right now. So that's what The that Bad Sister good. is about. And um, I had a fun time writing it. I had all sorts of red herrings and uh, you know, there's a lot of flashbacks to 1970, mm-hmm. so it was, it was a fun, it was a fun book to write. I had a good time. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had oh, a good time killing uh, off people. Is, oh, I know, right? <laughs> it's great. It's the best thing. But this is this is um, is this your first uh, kind of series? Yes, it's a. It's not a series. I, they were thinking of doing three, and I was like, okay, I've done enough. <laughs> I just wanted to do <laughs> one sequel. Uh, th- this was uh, this is the first time I've ever had continuing characters. Um, I do have one character that overlapped into a couple of books. Her name was Sally Justice, and she mm-hmm. was in Terrified and oh god, another book. You'll miss me when I'm gone. And she was mm-hmm. sort of a I don't want to I hope she's sort of a Nancy Grace type on TV. So she shows up oh. in both <laughs> books, and uh-huh. she's you yeah. know she's sort of bad, bad mouthing the suspect who's also my hero in both books and uh, she's the only character I've I've you know carried over and so this was the first time I actually did sort of a sequel and uh, interestingly enough Sally Justice will be back in my next book next year which is uh, the nice. night she disappeared yeah so yeah. she's and Sally's got a much bigger part in the next book but I'm I'm getting oh, nice. ahead of myself so yeah that, in answer yeah. to your question <laughs> <laughs> this is the first sequel I've ever done of sorts and it was my editor's idea he was like well, you know you've never, you haven't done this and I kind of resisted but um, mm-hmm. I kind of I, I what I did was I I uh, reread and rewatched Silence of the Lambs and said I want to do it kind of like uh, Silence of the Lambs where I where I wrap everything yeah. up but leave a couple of things dangling but I want to satisfy the reader with a real good end I don't want to have them go oh damn I have to wait and read the rest to find out what happens <laughs> so uh-huh, um, right, right. yeah I always find That's that to fun. be a kind of a jib yeah 
So yeah. how did you how did yeah. you feel about it? Do you do, did you did you enjoy doing it? Is it something that you'll you'll do again, or are you like no, I'm just going to stick to the standalones? It was a that's a great question. It was a, it was kind of a challenge. Uh, I what I didn't enjoy about the process is kind of recapping as best I could without yeah. it being too like. You know, here's an here's an aside yeah. for you. You know, is right. what happened in the first book, and and you know, I tried to do it in a is 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 kind of as casually as I could without it being too expository, <laughs> and um, uh-huh. and without spoiling too much of the first book. So that was a real challenge, and um, I was worried that the characters might come across as you know not being very developed because most of the development happened in, in book one. But uh-huh, I think yeah. I carried it through. I think I succeeded. We'll see. We'll see how people feel. So it seems to I'll be doing okay as far as the reviews are concerned. So they, they seem to like it, I hope. <laughs> I hope they, they keep liking good, it. Good. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, they will. I, I, so yeah. yeah. They are. You and don't you, are, normally... you are a very clean, yeah. tight writer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank so you. You don't, nor- you don't normally carry your universe along with you, like Sally Justice. We have Coastal <laughs> Eddie, which is some uh, an old hippie DJ that I I've used off and on for years, and and thanks to Alistair, we made him a major player in one of our mutual books. <laughs> don't you love that? Well, yeah. that's what I'm having fun with now too. I'm doing. I'm having yeah. a lot of fun, like uh, fleshing out somebody who's just kind of just had a few little scenes you know on tv um and and it's very funny i was uh watching gone girl again i've read it too but Uh i was watching it again and they she's got i think it's eileen atkins i think that's her name i think but um Mm -hmm. she's got her own nancy grace in gone girl um who's just so obnoxious (laughs) (laughs) um but so perfect and um i was like oh my god i'm not the only one who came up with a sort of a spinoff to the nancy grace type of person so um yeah yeah, we'll see what happens i'm 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 not patterning her too much after nancy so but yeah isn't it fun to there's another older one, Boston Legal, the TV show, had one too. Uh-huh. It was a who. Oh, do they? The, you know, yeah. it's, it's so fun because it's like you just have uh, – she's kind of a – just kind of a great little device to kind of make the make the reader kind of <laughs> like go, oh, my yeah. God. Look, everything is <laughs> yeah. piling up against my hero or heroine, including this person on the air that's just putting them that's through the cool. ringer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. How fun. Do you set most of your books around, you know, in Washington or? Yes. In fact, good question, because The Bad Sister is the first book I've had uh, that I've written that uh, isn't in Seattle. It's it's almost all entirely in a fictional area uh north shore chicago so it's i called it delmar you know you know how you always uh-huh. have to fictionalize uh different yeah. places if if the police force look like they're idiots <laughs> you're like oh wait a second <laughs> I, i've got to yes. make sure that this is not i'm not going to get like some police force that's going to write to me saying you know we're not that <laughs> yeah, stupid you- buddy um, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so of course, the people in Delmar not only screwed up this murder from 50 years ago, this series of murders, uh, but they're screwing it up again 50 years later. So, um, and you know, it's uh, that's 
you know, it's so funny is writing those scenes and you've done it too, where they uh-huh. have to go to the police and, you know, tell them yeah. and the police either don't believe them or, you know, you have yeah. to go through that. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that you kind of pull your hair out each time you, you do that kind of scene because the reader mm-hmm. has already, already knows what's going on. So they're, you're, you're, you're repeating yourself, you know, when they report, when they yeah, report right. back to the police and then, you know, so they're, they're sitting through the whole, oh, God, you know, okay, I'm hearing it all. But if you don't do it, you're going to hear from everybody about why didn't they call the police? Why? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a sticking Yeah, wicket. you take it down. Was, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, well, I oh was no, watching, you take it down uh, to one or two sentences and then. And yes, it, if you yeah, could, you know, you could just say, don't you wish you could just say, they called the police, the police said, okay, and they gave them a file number. We have gone ahead and said that somebody poisoned your husband. (laughs) You will hear back from us soon. Oh, you've got him giggling. I dare you. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? You just do that, and like you taking care of the whole. Why didn't they call the police scene? Oh God. Yeah. 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 I ran into that with. What's and that? repeated the whole. They called the police and repeated the whole sorry story. When he was done, he went and had a root beer. That's pretty yep. much how I do. Yep. <laughs> yep. That you know that would be great if you were like trying to fill up your book. <laughs> you could just have police repeating, repeating scenes with the police. There's yeah. a movie with with Doris Day and Rex Harrison called Midnight Lace. It's an oldie, and oh, she yeah. is getting. It's it's actually really fun, and and she is getting stalked by this guy. She lives in London, and he's been stalking her like in the fog and on the phone. And he's got this really weird sing-song voice that he he uh, uses on her, and it just terrorizes her. And every time he calls, she'll tell her husband, and then mm-hmm. the husband and her will tell some other person and then they'll tell the police. And I was like, you watch this movie. It's like, Oh God, how many times do we have to hear about this scene? We've already seen, you know, (laughs) and it just keeps on. And you're like, Oh my God, Doe and Rex are going to tell, now they're going to tell her aunt. Well, she's been getting these calls, you know, from this crazy man. So, you know, you're like, okay, I think I, I think I might've seen that about five minutes ago. <laughs> so it, it is weird, but you think you know it, it reminds me of. Um, oh, I know, I know, I know. Go ahead. So it reminds you of what? I was going to say it reminds me of doing um, the novel live with my Seattle Seven group with uh, with uh-huh. like Gar Stein and Jenny Shortridge and Eric Larson. My Seattle Seven group doesn't that sound pretty uh-huh. hoity to it? Like it's me. It's yeah, all about it me. It's my <laughs> Seattle Seven group. All these yeah. people: Elizabeth George, Susan Wiggs. Um, <laughs> now they we all got together and we wrote uh, a book together. It was twenty four authors with twenty four chapters, and oh, we wow. each wrote a chapter um, and in front of people uh, it was and uh-huh. they the the novel was projected on a big screen as you're writing so people could see what a terrible oh, typist i was and uh-huh. and how many errors i made and how many times i <laughs> screwed up and um you did this for like 2 hours and you had you know you had to fill in this whole chapter and i was the only one who actually had the chapter 
figured out ahead of time because I had to kill somebody. It was they auctioned it off um, the rights to to name somebody who I murdered. So people, I think it was somebody's boss I murdered. Anyway, um, <laughs> so the thing was, people there got to be an un, unrecognized contest between the different writers about who could get the most. Um, volume in there <laughs> like who could have the longest chapter and somebody had a deaf like a slight bit person who had was very hard of hearing so they kept repeating the lines <laughs> it's like no i said where is the clock now <laughs> oh no you, do you understand where is the clock now and i was like oh come on i was like you just want to you're just you know stretching this thing out so you can say i had the most words of any of the of the authors <laughs> So I, you know, you could always do a poli- uh, several police scenes, you know. Uh-huh. Oh. So just you, you could have one big. It could be War and Peace, and because it's like, oh, there's only 27 <laughs> scenes where they report things to the police. I got off on a tangent, didn't I? You did. <laughs> I do did. You, do you ever? Love it. Do you ever? Do you ever write a, a point of view from? We 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 tend to have a sheriff frequently in our books, both of us. That you know. But but he's not the kind of sheriff where you're, you're uh, they have morals of their own and they don't always follow the law. Do you ever pull that kind of thing? I try and avoid getting inside a cop's head as much as possible oh. simply because I, what I don't know about police procedure is a lot. And I'm worried that, you know, if I did it and, and every time I do write a book, I'll call, you know, somebody yeah. who knows about police procedure and talk to them and find out, you know, is this okay that I did this yeah. and this and this? But um, most of, I like taking my points of view from people who are like sort of uh, amateurs, you know, who are amateur sleuths right. or they're kind of, yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, fish out of water type of people mm-hmm. who are, this is not, not their domain. And so they don't really know. They're not an expert at forensics or anything else. And that's right. one reason why I'm not into the sequels um, ordinarily is because mm-hmm. uh, they usually a sequel or a series usually calls for like an expert, like, you know, to a forensics expert or a lawyer, or a legal expert or somebody who is going to be believably involved in one murder after another to sustain, you know, a series of books. Um, and right. I kind of like, I kind of like the amateur detective who, you know, the school teacher who suddenly has to, Rise to the occasion and uh, and solve a murder, mm. something like that. That's a lot so, of fun. It is, it's, yeah. you know, in the time that you can make mistakes. You you know, if you if you've got um, an expert, it gets kind of boring unless you know that, that you have to constantly challenge them. And um, you know, right. there's nothing more boring than somebody who's like. Yeah, I know exactly what the problem is, and they're like, okay, well, that didn't take anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think, and I think the reader can kind of forgive a, an amateur detective faster than they oh, would, sure. um, you know, a pro. They'd be like, I think with the pro, exactly. you're always looking to find out. You think you know so much, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. and you, you don't know this. I figured this out before you did. You know? No, <laughs> you have to keep the pros in very small towns where you can get away with a lot to do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah or just, or have them just crackling with, with sort of fun personality. I keep thinking of misery, the the sheriff and misery. Oh. You know, it's like, oh, right, you right. know, you know, where it's just like, okay, he's, 
you know, you, you don't get a bit of legal procedure in that. <laughs> it's, it's just, no. but right. you get a wonderful personality, an old crusty guy that, you know, mm-hmm. is just doing his job. And, you know, that, that's, yeah. you know, that is part of, think of the challenge as a writer too, is when you come up with a cop, you know, don't, my first instinct is right away to go with Ed Asner. You know, it's like, okay, uh-huh. yeah. right. Ed Asner. <laughs> yeah. Ed Asner about 30 years ago, but I'm like, you know, we want a Lou Grant type, you know, to be the cop. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you can't do Telly Savalas or Lou Grant, no. you know, take, make it, make it a, make it a middle-aged woman who is, you know, or, you know, kind of shake it up, shake it up a little. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what I just feel my favorite kind of character to to write. Like, do you have a favorite yeah. um, like type or age or gender? Oh, you got great question. You guys, you guys, and your questions today. You're so good. Um, <laughs> you're so good. You're so good. You guys ought to be writers. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm definitely uh, love writing about. Uh, a teenage from a teenage boy's point of view. I love doing that. Uh-huh. And I've done it in several of my books. And um, for the betrayed wife, that's that was the feedback I got from a lot of people. They were like, "Oh, my favorite character was the 15-year-old boy." And mm-hmm. um, I think I think I can easily go back to that time in my life <laughs> and go, yeah. "This is this is these are all the insecurities I was feeling. These are all this is." how you know this is this was my behavior back then and um and usually you know i can i can sort of do a sort of um oh god what i don't, I don't know the exact word sort of a idealistic version of what i was you know i'm like okay I'll, um, here's me but me who's really great i get to i get to do something like that i love that uh i think one of my challenges to um to the bad sister was i had two college age uh girls going you know two 18 year old young women um going off to school together and I I was like okay am I up to this task is a 65 year old man up to getting inside the head of two <laughs> two, <laughs> two 18 year old girls from 2020 or 2019 when I wrote it um and you know I had to kind of uh do I did some research I talked to some of my uh nieces and nephews and and mm-hmm. um Tried to try to be somewhat, <laughs> but you know that, that was one of the challenges also in the betrayed wife is to describe uh, the bedroom. I think we talked about this last time even um, is I had to describe the bedroom of this uh, girl who was in high school, and I, I was like, I have no clue what a girl's bedroom looks like when she's like. 17 years old now i mean i could have told you back yeah. in 1972 what it looked like but i have no idea now so i i went online and looked up uh, modern family and, and uh-huh. a, a teenage girl modern family's room and so i i took down you know the beanbag chair okay oh they've got postcards up on there okay they've got this they've got that you know they've got a tv they've got this in their room so mm-hmm. that was that was how i did it i was like okay this is and it's so funny you you think when you're reading a book you don't stop to think all the little things that a writer right. has to stop and right. check 
before oh, they. Well, it's amazing yeah, it what weird? you have to look up. You don't even, you don't yes. even know. You wouldn't even think about it if, if yeah, we no. looked up some. What, are, what you know, on, on that note, what are, what's some of the weirdest or most interesting things you've had to look up? Well, some of the common and most boring stuff I do is having to look up, like, what kind of car would a single woman drive? You know, it's like, you know, and and it's so funny, too, because, you know, I mentioned Garth. He's in my writer's group, Garth Stein, and he'll be the first to jump on me if I do something like that. He's like, Kevin, yeah. no, no young, no young housewife will drive a Camry, for God's sake. She's going to drive a Bubba. You know, if she's not 90 years old, she's, you know, and he's just always jumping on my case. If I had, I forgot what I had that he was just like giving me so much grief. Oh, God, I forgot what it was. But it was like I had somebody doing something like, oh, I know. It was, I mentioned somebody's DVD collection. Um, this uh-huh. woman who was oh. about 30. And I, uh-huh. I might as well have said she had shrunken heads. I mean, he's like, he's like, no one who's 30 years old has a DVD collection. <laughs> if they're 60, yes. But no 30-year-old in their right mind has a DVD collection. Maybe they have one or two, but they don't have a regular collection. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Wow. Thank you, Garth. Who knew? Garth has spoken. <laughs> Listen. Well, that's the yeah. thing. I mean, especially, and, and you know, um, we, we've we been doing, um, we're both uh, doing series right now, and that's one of like, my main concerns is I'm like, let's just say that the series goes on for 10 years. A lot happens in 10 years. Oh, how, do yes. you, how do you reconcile? Yeah. yeah, and yeah, how do you, yeah crazy things change and how are you going to be like oh well yeah that was 20 years ago well he's only aged three years since then (laughs) (laughs) well i talked to you know uh kara black her her character is uh she does has the parisian detective and um Uh her character has only you said it her character has aged like three or four years in 20 years (laughs) so she time has stood still and she even said oh yeah this is how I did. And, you know, the big challenge, I think, for everybody nowadays, too, is um, is what are we going to do if we set something in 2020? Are you going to have COVID-19 in it? Or I are you going to just say, uh-huh. you know, right. forget about it? And We're ignoring my it. Big, <laughs> yeah. I, I am ignoring yeah. it myself for mine. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, you can't. Like you, but you are restricted. You can't have people meeting in a restaurant, you know, in 20 yeah. years. Every, everything you sort of take for granted is not up there. So it's. It's right. weird, but it's, it is a yeah. challenge with changing times. My big thing is I still want to say they hung up the phone. <laughs> and I'm like, right. no, oh, yeah. they would they have to tap. They slammed it down. They slammed yeah. down the phone, yeah. You can't, you yeah. Can't. All these yeah. great dramatic things she pulled at the phone, phone cord. You know, it's like, you know, all the, you can't yeah. use them anymore. You know, even roll down the window, the you have to kind yeah. of wait and see. You know, you can't use yeah. roll down as the <laughs> description. So yeah. it, it is a challenge she keeping up with the, the end button, I guess. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. I'm getting old. All right. That was we are. Just about, I, well, I, just, yeah. I just got off the phone before you with the Railroad Retirement Board because of my social my, – um, with because of Medicare. So I'm, ah. I'm official. I'm 65 in about – Oh, wow. In about a week. God, in less than a week. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Well, happy now. birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going yeah, to spend amazing. it you know, with my 
teddy bear and a party hat and me sitting at the kitchen table. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Tragically. Aww. Birthday Aww. in quarantine. Yeah. No, actually, I have a couple of friends who sad. have offered to go for a socially distanced walk and a uh, birthday, you know, a little birthday cake Good. at a distance. No blowing out the candles, but uh, yeah, birthday cake at a distance. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Well, now I'm just bummed. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> that was a sad note to end <laughs> as we wrap up this show. Well, I'll be no having my yourself. 65th birthday alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, 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 end it, let's end yeah. it on this then. Tell us, tell us okay. about what your next book, you said you have another one coming next year. Tell us about that. That's where we'll end it. Okay. Well, that's almost, you can almost gather what it's about from the title. It's The Night She Disappeared. And it's, uh, it's, it's uh, another standalone. My, after The Bad Sister, I thought, well, I'm going to wrap it up. And I, it was fun wrapping everything up with The Bad Sister. It was, and it's yeah. got a pretty good Sacco finish, if I do say so myself. So definitely check out The Bad Sister. <laughs> while I, meanwhile, am slaving away at The Night She Disappeared, which is, takes place here in Seattle. And it uh-huh. mostly in and around um, a houseboat, um, like our Ooh. floating home off Lake Union, uh, across from where Tom Hanks had his houseboat in Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, on, nice. In, on Lake Union. And uh, it's about a um, deaf author who disappears. She's very, she's beautiful, very Angelina Jolie looking. And she's deaf, and she's writing a series about um, handicapped kids who are superheroes. And suddenly she disappears. And the main suspect is her husband and her husband's girlfriend. And Uh-oh. believe it or not, it's taken, it's taken from the girlfriend's point of view mostly. And she's convinced that the husband might have killed his wife. So that's all I'm going to say about that for now. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds yes, excellent. thank you. Yes, I'm matters. having fun with You're it. You're going to have to... Yes, and you're gonna. I just put you in our calendar, so yeah. Hey, that's what I like to hear. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Hopefully, July. It hasn't been hasn't been given the thumbs up yet. I mean, it's they've approved the story idea, but they we'll see how they feel about the book when I turn it in. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll be turning it in uh, October fifteenth. We'll see. Oh, good luck. Oh, thank you. I need it. It's it's crunch time. It's crunch time right about now. I no, know, right? Yeah. 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 And where can our listeners so, find out yeah. more about you and your work? You can find out more about me at my website, www.kevinobrienbooks.com, or just check out my Facebook fan page, which is www.facebook.com slash Kevin O'Brien fan page and there's always fun stuff up there in fact there's a picture of a kid listening to the radio right now up there because I was advertising appearing on this wonderful show with you two I love it we love it too well no not as much as I love it oh no we love it more want to bet I bet we love it more. love to love you baby oh no there's two of us you know who loves you yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 
smother you in love. <laughs> I'm feeling the love. I'm feeling it just cascade over my entire body. <laughs> we will. Oh, and, um, you, you are you are a pleasure as always, and um, we love having mm-hmm. you. And of course, oh, we want you to come thank back. Thank you. And since and happy birthday, sincerely. And uh, yeah, oh, for the thank you. you guys are the, so the cool. Book. And what is the name of your current book again? I I can't remember because um, my I'm 65. Well, it just goes in and out. <laughs> we have a few. We have a few. Um, the 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 main collaboration we're working on right now is kind of a haunted house, one called Spite House. And we're also working on the fourth Ravencrest book. And then we each have our solos Shadowland. Going, so Wow. Yeah. You yeah. guys are yeah. no flies on you. You're busy as all get out. No. We he try to us, stay busy. He, yeah, Alistair's a good whipping boy. He Well, no, he's good at whipping <laughs> us. He makes sure we, we, do, we do a couple hours a day on each item. You know? <laughs> he gives us yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I would him too, but that's another story. Yeah. I love, okay, now we're getting kinky. Yes, Leave it to the last minute. Now the show finally gets interesting now after all my babbling. That's, that's right. No. Like, right. Oh, we're talking whips. You, suddenly people yeah, are picking yeah. up. Yeah. No. All right, we are just about out of time. So um, for the listeners, the book is The Bad Sister. It is uh, book two in the Family Secrets series. The first book is The Betrayed Wife. And um, I guarantee you it's good. We haven't read it, so, you know, I can't I can't tell you any more than that. But I have a huge Kevin O'Brien uh, book collection, and they're all fantastic, mm-hmm. I promise you. And oh, seriously, yeah. Seriously, Me too. They are fantastic. And, yeah. So, Thank you for being on, Kevin, and keep in mm-hmm. touch and have a happy birthday. And yeah, um, yeah thanks for being here. Oh, Tamara, yeah. Alistair, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, it. It's great. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. And thank Take you care. Everybody for listening. You too. And thank, thank you everybody for listening. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights and sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.